This is your spoiler warning. The following film will now be ruined by three idiots. What's the crack? And welcome to the Three Halves Make a Whole podcast. And this is the Three Halves Film Review. And this week, we are reviewing a little movie called Knives Out. First things first, I am Jason. I'm Jordan. And I'm John. So if you guys have been listening to our podcast so far, the kind of structure has kind of been changing. We're still trying to find our flow. So in the previous podcast, we have said whether we liked it or not. Okay. So we're just going to start off right off the bat. Jordan, did you like Knives Out? Yes. John, did you like Knives Out? I did indeed. Jason. Did you like Knives Out? No. Yes! Here we go! Here we go! I mean, I did. No, 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 no. We'll get into it. I'm sorry, John. <laughs> I think he's muted himself to swear. I think he lot. has muted himself just because of how much you've upset him. Uh, I'm sorry. You I'm actually you... really glad I was once again muted because I said some words you can't put on air. Woo! <laughs> oh dear. Hopefully, hopefully you can convince me otherwise because I'm very I'm on the edge. I'm on the edge of yes or of no. glory. I wish. So we kind of record the the podcast like on a Tuesday and um, on a weekly basis, and um, but this week we were all very busy because surprisingly we have lives. And we decided to <laughs> we decided to push it off to Thursday, which was great because by Tuesday nobody had watched the movie. <laughs> um, well, correcting that, I had seen it, but like when it came out originally, so I was rusty on what happened. Likewise. Yeah. So, well, that's actually a good segue, John. You said you've seen it before. How many times have you seen it? Uh, with the most recent watch, three times I've seen three the times. film. Jordan, what about you? I have also seen it three times. Cool. I've just seen it the once. Went in completely blind. I saw the first trailer to the one that didn't, it just showed all the actors. Mm -hmm. Just the very first trailer a year ago when it first came out. And I've not seen anything about it since. I have no idea. I didn't even watch the trailer beforehand because I wanted to go in completely blind. I also watched this with my girlfriend. So I'll Mm -hmm. also be sharing kind of like her opinion and what she felt like. She liked the movie. So there you go. Good. So you're the one in the has... wrong, really. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yes. I, yes. No, no, no. no. This isn't it, man. You can't pull the your right card here. No, I'm. I'm always right. I'm always right. Should we ask your partner about that? Probably not. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I normally, you know, kind of bring us through the plot, but I don't really know this movie, so. John, it's over to you. I'm going to do like the most basic of plot summaries because I think this is a mystery film. So we need to obviously talk about the mystery later. And I think if we start talking about the mystery now, we're going to talk about it a lot. So to make it simple, the film opens with the death of Harlan Formbury, who is a famous crime novelist just after his 85th birthday. So, and a detective paid by Daniel Craig called Blanc is enlisted to investigate, but no one is sure who has enlisted them. So from Harlan's dysfunctional family to his devoted staff, 
Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind Harlan's untimely death. That's pretty concise, I would have to say. That's, yeah. yeah, beautiful. Beautifully done. Okay, let's start our review of Knives Out. So, how we're going to talk about the podcast. Whoa, that's not what we're, that's not what we're talking about. Talk about the <laughs> podcast. Wow, this is meta episode. <laughs> um, so, how we're going to talk about the movie is... We're just going to gradually go through the, um, just go through the whole movie, and we'll talk about our thoughts and feelings throughout each point of the movie, and then we'll do a summary at the end, and hopefully not cuss each other out in the process. Okay, so at the start of the movie, we have slow mo dogs running in front of a house. <laughs> it's beautiful. That's- it's I mean, beautiful. Well, I, because obviously I was going into this blind, I thought mm. that this was actually set in England. I thought this was all going to be English actors. And in that opening sequence, I thought it was a period piece. It came across oh. very like a period piece. And I did do some research and it said it, it's a kind of like an ode to Agatha Christie. Yeah, it, I, I, would, so I, would, I would agree with that comment. Yeah, definitely. It, it's got so much inspiration from the mystery genre and definitely from Agatha Christie. Yeah, I definitely at the very beginning, it felt like that. And then whenever you see the mug, the mug was the first time we saw that it wasn't mm-hmm. a period piece. And I thought that was done beautifully. It was done very, very well. Okay, so after that, we have, we, we see the person's dead in his wee secret yes. room. The, the house kind of looks quite funky, that wee secret area. The door. Yeah, like, because she, she kicks the door and it swings. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, cool. it's like a little hidden. Yeah, I want one. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's his little hideaway room up in his um, attic. So he's sitting there and he's on his wee um, little wee couch thing, and his throat has slit open. Very dramatic. Very, you know, things. <laughs> kind of obvious he's dead. <laughs> yeah. What I did like though, and I got this from the very start, that this is going to be a very a realistic comedy, mm-hmm. because. You know, what we see about like old detective and old mystery movies is we see the dead body and if it's, you know, a, a butler or if it's somebody else, they scream. They're, they're holding a tray or something. They scream and drop it. But in this, whenever she screamed, she was going to drop it and I kind of stopped. It was like, oh, no, no, no. And she spills Obviously. coffee on herself because you hear her go, oh, mm-hmm. and she because she spills red hot coffee on herself which is so good that they just added that instead of it being the typical drop of it yeah and also she doesn't want to clean it up either right exactly do you know so yeah i thought i thought that was cleverly done quickly though i will say the the music of that introduction of all of that up to that point it had a very magical vibe to me i don't mm-hmm. know if you guys felt that but to me it was just it was phenomenal firstly but it just had a very magical quality i thought oh, yeah I, I found the music had um played a lot of odes to the poro and miss marple themes mm-hmm. um for the television and the older serials um because of that sort of almost uh, whimsical nature it had to a very light very soft scoring i thought and i, I quite liked it yeah, I, I I agree with that. And then after we see the dead 
body, it cuts to someone's apartment with a family. Yes. We've got a South American yes. family. And the only reason I point out that the South American is because it plays a point in the in the plot. Yeah. Um, I actually yes. didn't notice the first time until they kind of mentioned it. Um, and quite funnily, we don't really know who our attention is on yet. Mm-hmm. We, I thought it was the person who was watching something. Um, just because the only sound that was happening was coming from that person. Yeah. Because they were watching something on their tablet, I guess. Um, but she was watching a murder mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I was watching a murder mystery. But then we find out that the person who was sitting down um, actually knew the person who was murdered in the previous scene. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're so insensitive. And they had like a family argument type thing. Right. The mum's like, turn it off after what's just happened to your sister, your friend's sister's had his like friend had their uh, throat slit stop being so insensitive well that entire time by saying exactly what happened is being insensitive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay and then after that she gets a phone call from walt is yes. it yeah it's a phone call from walt to say that the police want to talk to everyone so to come by the house and um, we go to the house and she's greeted by different people by get, giving mm-hmm. hugs and saying, uh, you're such a good friend. You know, you're, you're family. They always say this, like, you're family. You you're, know family. you're family. And that comes into play later. It does indeed. And then we go to... Well, we go straight into it, really. Yeah, it goes into the, like, interviews. So the it's, police... Yeah. So we've got three kind of police figures. We've got someone who's a detective. We've got someone who's, what is it, the county police agent person? Yeah, we've got the l- lieutenant. We have the... Um, if some county dude, I don't know, some county police. Yeah, he's like a, I think he's like a, a ranger or something. Yeah, but he was quite like a nerd. So right. the, person, the person who died was a very famous mystery author. Yes. Um, and he was a, so the county police dude, he was a big fan of his. And he kept spouting off all these things. And then we had this mysterious figure in the background, which is uh, Benoit Block, played yes. by Daniel Craig. Um, and then the first interview is with Jamie Lee Curtis. Who Who's is the, the daughter. daughter. Yes. Um, I'm actually remembering quite a lot. You are remembering people. a lot for someone who I, didn't like it. I'm yeah, you're doing really well. <laughs> <clears throat> I did like it, but I didn't. Well. That's not what you said. Well, and I'm going to rip you a new one when we get here. We to go it. here. We go when, when 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 we get to the point where it lost me. I'll I I I want to like this movie. I, yeah, I'll mention this now. For people who are aware, this was directed and written by Ryan Johnson, the same guy who did Star Wars Jedi. I mean, The Last Jedi. <clears throat> sorry. Um, yes. And in Star Wars The Last Jedi, there's just a lot of inconsistencies. And I yes. just felt that there was some inconsistencies in this movie. And it kind of annoyed me. And anyway, we'll get to it. Okay, sorry. Not biased at all because sorry, of what John. happened in no, The Last Jedi. No, I wanted Jedi. to because I thought The Last Jedi would be fine if it wasn't Star Wars. I thought it's like, okay, this dude's got really good ideas, but because he's dealing with a massive franchise like Star Wars, fair enough. And then I saw that he was doing that. So I was like, okay, I'm interested. 
because I wanted to see what he would do if he had his own thing. But then I find the same things that bothered me about Last Jedi with this movie. But when we get to it, we'll get to it. And John, you can persuade me otherwise, please. Yes, I will. Let's keep going then. I will say Daniel Craig in this film is, in my opinion, phenomenal. He is fantastic. Like, I love the introduction of uh, Benoit Blanc because he isn't introduced immediately for someone who's so pivotal to the film. He's kind of just in the shadows waiting. And whenever the interviews are taking place, whenever he wants them to move on, piano key. The thing I was going to say is this film reminded me that Daniel Craig is actually an actor and not just the shell of himself. Because <laughs> I personally think in recent years, Daniel Craig has kind of fallen off his pedestal of good acting. But this film reminded me that, yes, he is a good actor and that he should have definitely moved on from a certain franchise before he lost his entire mojo for it. Mm. He but lost his mojo two films ago. About. <laughs> But yeah, let's keep going. Yeah. yeah. But this film, he really kicked. Actually, just on that, all the actors in this, I think, yeah. are strong. I don't think there's a weak link in them. I don't think there's one actor I could point and go, they weren't as good. But no, the I only weak, the was... only, the only weak point of this movie is Ryan Johnson. You have a bias. I don't care, Jason. You have a bias. I don't. I have you valid do. points. I have valid points. Okay. I tried really and we hard. shall hear them. Um, we will hear them, and I will disagree with them and fight you on them. <laughs> so, talking about um, Benoit Blanc doing the piano, I thought that was cool, but I thought he was doing that whenever he thought they were lying. Oh, I thought it was when... Because usually the, like the, the characters were just talking utter bollocks at that point, mm-hmm. and I thought it was to get the police just to move them on. Because they just started talking, like, for example, the very last interview before Marta was the hippy-dippy woman. And she started talking about this food and meditation stuff. And he just, kept, he just pressed the key. And that's what introduced the introduction of him, of all of them going, well, who's this? No, did he not do it whenever she lied about why she had to give the money back or something like that? Or why No, she... I, don't, I didn't think, no, because she, yeah. she went off to a, uh, a weird, like, and she was just talking at the police wasn't talking to them and then he just boop okay so that's what i thought it was and i was like okay that's quite interesting Mm -hmm. but we never find out why he did it right just saying he's like he did this piano thing but with no rhyme or reason why and maybe that's the case because sometimes it kind of felt like dino craig's character was supposed to come across as a brilliant private investigator but then also other times seemed to not be to kind of be a bit of a bit of a doofus it was kind of playing both sides. Okay, so here we go. Let me let me just talk to you about some things called tropes. They're fun things. So a very fun thing about mysteries is, and any type of writing is, there are things called tropes, which are the basic building blocks that you can kind of see in a lot of similar style of stories. So in horrors, you normally will have either a supernatural killer sort of element, or and in a mystery, the detective will normally trope-wise, will always solve the um, mystery. And I think, in my own opinion, I found that when he was doing the piano and it was uh, skipping through the um, uh, recants of their nights, their alibis, it was more of that sort of Sherlock Holmes, I've already started to figure things out, but you don't know, the audience don't know this, so I'm getting through it and I've already pulled out the lies and the truth from these conversations. 
And I think that was Dems showing that Daniel Craig's character is smart, he's intelligent, and he is a good detective. And it was building on that trope, which comes into play later, because this film, as much as the marketing plays it up to be, is not a mystery story. It's kind of a reverse mystery. You have the opening third as a mystery, and then you have the um, third way through twist, as I'll call it, which yeah. then makes it a um, reverse mystery. Where And spoiler, uh, our main girl, whose name I've now forgotten the name of because I'm I talking. <laughs> Marta. Marta, that's the name. Marta is convinced that she has done it. We will get to that. Bit so we'll get there. We'll get detail. There. That is why I, I think on the piano thing. Yes, we will get there. So it's so sorry. We will get there. But why? I do, why, why was he? I think pinging. Why was he pinging the piano? I I personally I read him pinging the piano as him both telling when someone is lying and him knowing more than you, him already having figured things out. And that sort of way of storytelling with mysteries where the, you're, with a mystery, you need to put out the, um, the feelers so people can solve the mystery for themselves so that when the twists happen, they don't come out of left field and that we can hit the sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, verisimilitude of the world. Um, this is, um, so I learned this word recently, verisimilitude, and it actually means... Um, a theoretical concept that determines the level of truth in an assertion or hypothesis. And when used in fiction writing, it promotes the reader's will of sub, sub, uh, suspension of their disbelief. And that's what I think this is doing. It's kind of giving us that idea that he knows something and that we've got to start now looking that there are things in those um, confessions that are either wrong or right. Three halves pod, we're educational too. <laughs> just John. Yeah, just John. Just John. Um, the um <laughs> so when we get to right. he interviews three people. Oh, four. Interviews the daughter and then the daughter's husband. Yep. And then Walt, which is the son. Son. And the daughter in law. Yeah, the daughter in law who's a widow? Yes. Um, I can't remember any of their names. I don't remember any of their names. I um, I remember Walt, and that's it. Yeah. Um, he he was a good actor. Yes. He I'm I believe he played Zod in the Superman. He, he yes, did, he yeah. did. Yeah, he did. Walt is played by Michael Shannon. There we go. What um, I like about all of those interviews is they all mention some something that happened, and they all have it from different perspectives. So when Walt and his dad were having a conversation. The daughter's husband was like, oh yeah, they were really getting into it. And then Walt's like, no, we weren't getting into it. We're just having a discussion about, uh, you know, putting it on tablets or something like the books on tablets and book readers. And it's like all of the different angles, you're seeing all the conversation from different angles and different perspectives. But with hindsight, and I have, um, this is the big spoiler, is you can tell from this point on, and looking back in hindsight, you can just tell how much of it is all their own truths and half-truths, and how much of it doesn't actually matter yeah. to the actual mystery. And I think that's some of the best writing there, because 
in my opinion, how it's well, how the writing works is it makes you feel by the end, when the mystery is all revealed, everything is shown, that Blanc has shown you why the one character is the only person who could have done it and no one else. And I think that's brilliant. I think that's where the writing works. And I think this sets it up really well because it gives each family member a motive Yep. As, oh, to it why, does. as to why they would do it. But what I also like in all of these moments is none of them have a clue where Marta's from. I've got that. And that's I took amazing. A list. I took a list of where the places that they said they, Ooh, she was from. Do share. Um, no. Quick fire was... round with Jason. Where is Marta from? could either be from Ecuador, Paraguay, Uruguay, or Brazil. That's all of, of other than Argentina, that's all of the South, South American not countries. All. There's still, there's Is it loads not? More. Oh there's no, there's Chile more. as well. There's yeah. Chile, Peru, Bolivia. I forget about Peru. So Man, many. I forget about so many of those. There's loads of them. So. Um, you so can so tell short, you're not good at geography. Man, I studied it. <laughs> in, in short, you're wrong. Um. <laughs> <laughs> as are you about this film um, yes no I'm always right um. but then after all of them have gone through their little stories we get the introduction of Blanc mm-hmm. and he and the way it's described is he's not even a, he's not even a police officer he's a private detective that asked to shadow those police officers and consult for them um he was actually he received a letter telling him to come join a mysterious letter to join in on the case mm-hmm. which plays into it later yes yeah. it's another part of the mystery of he doesn't know he hired him yes part. Um, what i like about blanc is that when he's introduced he, he starts asking the questions he starts antagonizing every other character to get them to drop like the facade and fake stories and that adds that that is a testament to the writing that so quickly he gets them to basically go at each other to get the truth mm-hmm. and i think that was really well done there's yeah so after this bit they kind of um we finally get the what's it called the time scale the yeah the, t- the time frame between time frame that's the word between the, the party of his 85th birthday and when they think it might have happened. So there was one thing that only gets mentioned at the start of the movie and the end of the movie, and that's the dogs barking at 3 a.m. Yes. Um, me and my girlfriend, we remembered that and we're like, yeah, yeah, what about these dogs? What about these dogs? What about these dogs? What about these dogs? So I'm glad that that actually, you know. Mm-hmm. It gets addressed okay. later on. Now we've got the meeting of Benoit Blanc and Marta for the first time. And Which this is, is when, outside, isn't it? It's outside. So this is where we find out that Marta cannot lie. If she lies, she throws up. She and vomits. it was great. It was really funny because he thought, what, 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 uh, Daniel Craig has a brilliant line. He, he asks the questions that he wants um, answers mm-hmm. to. And he asks questions and stuff and we find out where his brain is going, where he thinks people are lying. Right. And then she does lie 
and then she throws up and Daniel Craig's all like, oh, I thought, I just thought like, it was like a metaphor or something like that. Oh, yeah, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's mentioned that Harlan found out that his daughter's husband is cheating on her. Yes. And then Blanc is like, so is, is so-and-so cheating on the, the daughter? And she's like, cheating? I don't, I don't, I don't know if he's having a... <laughs> <laughs> And then what else was there? The other thing, the other things that the family right. were doing bad. So we've got the widowed sister and daughter-in-law was stealing money off him that was being paid for the daughter's uni tuition. Yeah, for her daughter's uni tuition. Yeah. And it's not a small amount of money either. It was a hundred grand a year. Yeah. And she's been there for four years. Yeah. Um, the other one was... There's the cheating, the stealing the money, the kicking him out of the business. Kicking him out of the business. What about Jamie Lee Curtis? I don't know. She was she was involved in the cheating one because obviously, other than that, she as far as I she, know, she refused to talk about family. That's right. What it was. That's why. Was, yeah. Okay. And he was like, "Oh yeah!" Immediately, he was open book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what it was. So he asked all these questions, and then she you know, lied and stuff like that. And then we yeah. go into the proper interview between Beaumont Blanc and mm-hmm. Marta. And this is what we find. He flips the coin. And then in that coin flip, we flash back to that night. Everything. <laughs> to that night. And it tells us exactly what happened. Right. It doesn't yes. hide it away from you. It, it shows from the very black and white. Here's what happened. And, and at that is... point, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I don't know where this movie's going, so I guess I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> I think this is the best move it could have done, personally, yeah, yeah. because it make this is what I was talking about earlier that it flips genre halfway, like a third way through. It now becomes because we now we like Marta. Marta is a really charismatic, likable character. I think. I think. Yeah. She's well acted, yeah. she's believable, she's human, and you really get to understand her and get to really like her. So when it flips and it's suddenly, oh, she's accidentally administered an overdose um, to um, Harlan, then you go, oh, God, we wanted to cover this up because the tropes of mysteries is that she will be caught by Blanc. So we're now in this state of mind where the audience is rooting for the, the subversion of our expectations. Uh, there, there was a line during that small that during during that part of the film that I don't know why at the time it didn't sit right with me because Harland was sat upstairs and they were playing that game and he went I should have listened to you from the start and I'm like oh because I didn't remember the film very much I was like oh it's, I, I can't remember did Marta influence him to make the decisions he made is that why this is all happening and then we find out as the film progresses not the case. Yeah, so there's one thing that... So sh- shall we go through what actually happened that night and then we'll talk about it? Yes, yes so we should. So what happened first is they play, as you said, they play this wee game. It's like tops and knots or something like that. I don't know. It's some, yeah. It, and, yeah. Then, and then Harlan um, uh, flips the game because he's mucking around. I, okay. He flips says, it, I wish also, for an earthquake. Yeah, he wishes <laughs> for an earthquake and then flips it. Because you know uh, it's not mahogany, mm-hmm. um, and then the drugs get thrown with it as well. Yeah, I thought 
Uh, no, we'll talk, about, we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. Um, so the drugs gets mixed up because he gets um, shots put in. So he gets yes. um, one drug. He gets 100 milligrams of one drug and mm-hmm. then three milligrams of morphine. Yes. And he, and he gets it. Um, but because they got flipped, Marta administered 100 milligrams of morphine to Harlan which she says can, will kill you in 10 minutes. And yes. in five minutes, you'll be showing signs. Okay, very important point. Um, so they're all panicking, but she has like an, kind of like an antidote to it in her mm-hmm. bag. And she dumps her bag out, but there's nothing there. So Harlan's like, and she said that if we phoned an ambulance, no, Harlan said if we phoned an ambulance, it would take 15 minutes to get here. So obviously that will be too late. So in order to do this, Harlan thinks about Marta, which is, I think this is a beautiful moment because up, yes. up to this point, I didn't believe their friendship because I thought it was, came mm-hmm. across as really fake when they were mucking around. But in this moment, I believed it where he thought about her and thought about her family because she is an immigrant. They didn't come through the country legally. It's her mother who is the... Um... Undocumented, yeah, undocumented immigrant. Right, okay. So so Harlan says, you won't go to jail for this, maybe, but if you get your mother, if you get mm-hmm. involved in this, they'll hear about your mother and your mother will be deported. Yeah. I do have a note about this entire scene because this okay. to me was such a beautiful scene mm-hmm. because he was completely calm because moments ago he's like, I don't fear death anymore. Mm-hmm. And that then leading to this immediately was such a good payoff because I didn't know, I had no idea that it was going to happen then. So him remaining calm and discussing like him making notes, like, so how long would they have? How long? Well, it would take 15 minutes for ambulance to get here. What, how, like all of that stuff. And she's panicking and trying to find the antidote and then him stopping and being like, listen, it's all going to be okay. That kind of shows me how much he truly cared about her and her family. And I think that is something that sticks through the film. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's a beautiful incorporation of his occupation as a mystery writer. Right. It shows that this is the level of care he would put into one of his murder mysteries. It's him thinking it through, him making sure that he's got his twist, his turn, Everything. It's like a beautiful watching the writer's process in motion almost. It's elegant, I find, that scene. And, and should, we, should we start discussing how she's going to get away with it? So okay. what she does is he says that what she should do is um, leave, mm-hmm. um, leave the house and drive off. He says... She gets confused with what he says. Does she turn off before or after the elephant? elephant? Yeah. Um, so the cameras don't see you. And then once you pull off, what you need to do is walk um, walk into the Essentially side, the side gate. gate. Yeah. yeah, the side gate and climb up. Um, as she's climbing, um, she breaks a piece by accident. She climbs through one of like these windows to go in. And then she dresses up as Harlan, yep. walks downstairs so that Walt will kind of like see him through this like, what window? Like the opaque yeah. glass. Because it's, it's a stylized glass, isn't it? So it slightly blurs yeah. what they yeah, look yeah. like. Yeah, I can't remember what the word it was, but yeah, blurry glass so that 
so in that case, we have they have set aside that the fact that she wasn't there the last time he was seen, figuratively. And during during this bit, he goes into such detail. It's like when you go downstairs, make noise when you go downstairs. When you leave, if you can do it, draw attention to the time. Yeah. And then that, and it continues like to all of that. And then obviously she climbs up the trellis, if I'm not mistaken, that's the word. Yeah. Goes through a window. Yeah. And I have a, I have a comment here. There is a continuity error. Oh, there's loads in this movie. But I won't go into it because it is, but it isn't. Okay. I so. So at this point in time, I thought there was a continuity error. Because when Marta goes in that window, she doesn't put her foot on the windowsill. And later in the film, uh, Blanc goes, oh, there's mud on the windowsill. And I'm like, but she didn't put her foot on it. And I got really confused. There's one thing that's a con- uh, that confused me. Earlier on, they said, do you know, during the night, mm-hmm. she said that there was... The, the loud staircase thing, this yes. staircase, was heard only three times. Yeah. So that was once whenever she, whenever Marta left. Mm-hmm. Um, once when uh, the, they Harlan the and board. not Harland um, walked down the stairs. And then for the third time was when Marta arrived back. But surely you'd hear another time. No, no, if. no. Because it was the once when the hippy dippy woman went to check on the noise. If you remember, she oh, went to check up because yeah, she heard that thud. So that was one. And then it was Marta leaving because she heard yeah. down someone going downstairs. Uh, yeah? Yeah. Someone going downstairs twice. Yeah, it's weird. It, yeah, it didn't make any sense. I, I, anyway. I agree with you there. John, any counterpoint? Silence is golden. That means no. I win, the, I win this round. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then whenever she pretends to be Harlan, she exits again, but as mm-hmm. she's climbing down the trellis, she drops down to a window, and there's the Nana, who nobody knows the age of, and she says, no. um, Ransom? Back again already? <laughs> that was such a good moment, because I'd forgotten that happened, and I wasn't expecting it, and I genuinely burst out with laughter. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it was just um, a, it was like a deer in headlights moment of, ah, bugger. Yeah. And then, yeah, so then she exits, she goes back to her car, and she drives back to the house to mm-hmm. go to bed. So that there's now been a window of her not, people thinking that she's not in the house, and that would be the time frame of whenever he died. So and she it, wouldn't be in the house when he died. And it's even better because he knows she's going to be, Harlan knows she's going to be questioned by the police, and she's like, I can't lie. And he's like, you're not lying. You're telling fragments of the truth. Yeah. So but by that logic. Yeah, but it didn't completely work because after no. she did the interview, she left and threw up. Had to be, yeah. She held it well, though. Yeah, she did pretty well. Because that, that was not a short interview. No. I feel like she did lie, though, when he was asking questions. It was pretty much lying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I would agree. She was lying to an extent, but I think Again, like you said, you're having fragments of truth in there. So okay. it's not as going to be a violent reaction. I think that's why he got her to do certain things. Okay. Um, 
What happens after that? She, after that sure interview? She goes home for the day. Does she not? Yeah, she does. Because then the next day, she goes and Harlan and, and meets uh, Blanc. And they, they're like, oh, we're going to check the uh, CCTV, see if that's how it's saw oh, anything. She asks, um, Blanc asks him to be his assistant. That's it, because she knows everything. Because she can't lie, basically. She can't lie, and she knows all the intimate family details because yeah. of Harland. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so that happens, and then he phones her to kind of be like, okay, we're going to go and check the CCTV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when she gets the CCTV, she realizes that she should have pulled afterwards. to the side afterwards, and she pulled before. So because this caretaker dude had everything really, really old, and it was, in a, mm-hmm. it was on a VHS tape yeah uh, yeah vhs tape and whenever it was playing before it got to that point she ejected it and then bonmois said can we digitize this and they were like yeah we can bring it back to you so marta holds on to it once they're walking yeah, across I've got the it. you guys keep going but she has a magnet in her pocket and this was this was so smart because earlier in it they literally had a close-up on the magnet as they walked in, they had like, as the people, just before they walked in, they were showing that thing and there was a fridge and it had the magnet on it. Okay. Because that was my, my next point was, where the f*** did you get it, mate? There, there, was, there was a fridge in the room with a magnet on it because it was holding papers on it. Okay. Fair enough. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I've cleared that up for you. Yep. Thank you. This next bit was really smart though. The mud? The mud. Yeah. So whenever she was walking through the side gate... It was really, really muddy, and it had all of her footprints on it. So what she did was she walked over her footprints, and then Benoit was like, oh, no, 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 don't come back, come back. He's like, what? What? I can't hear you. So then she walks over it again, what? Hmm? which makes all the footprints, like, negligible. Yeah. yeah. Covering up her footprints both literally and figuratively. Yeah. Just playing <laughs> dumb. Just being like, well, I can't hear you. Well, do you want me? I'll come back. And he's like, no. Yeah. And then the dogs <laughs> come in and they're yeah. like playing around with her. They don't really bark at her. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the dogs barked a lot at everyone. Yeah. Sorry. You're misremembering it. Dogs don't bark at anyone but one character. No, no, they, they, do. they don't bark they do. at anyone. No, they did. They didn't bark as much as they bark with ransom and uh, spoiler um <laughs> they <laughs> but they barked like they barked about two or three times when they saw marta they barked two or three times when they saw the the daughter and the the son yeah no 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 they didn't bark what they're talking about is aggressive barking when ransom shows up you can see how hostile the dog me to him but when it's the um daughter and the the uh, son-in-law they run up um, and are playful with Marta they're always calm and that's why I think this film is so fantastic because it does what good mysteries do and it shows you your key piece of evidence and then everything else because that's your key piece is that the dogs are only barking loudly and aggressively around Ransom they still bark though (laughs) 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 <laughs> nah, okay. you're Miss Miranda, nah. my dude. Okay, let's keep going. So, okay. we'll fight later. Benoit 
follows the path up through the side gate. And <laughs> you see Nana again in the window. Yeah. And he's like, hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the dog brings the trellis. Oh, the dog. So the dog brings over the bit of the trellis that broke off when she was climbing it. And then in the background, I thought it, this was a nice shot. I really this like was. this. Where in the back, we have Benoit um, close to the camera looking at Nana. Mm-hmm. And then in the background, we have Marta Yeet. literally yeets it. Um, and then she turns around. And when she turns around, Bemol turns around and it's all fine. I think that shows that he's not amazing. He ha- he ca- it, there is, he is prone to error because he's only human. He's not like Sherlock level intelligence. So he doesn't mm-hmm. see all those little things. He, he, he put his trust in someone mm-hmm. he should have been looking at from the very beginning. But we, he doesn't but, know that. Oh, but... But he does, but we'll get okay. there. Okay, well, yeah, we'll get to it. He does, but it will get there. So we're moving now, I would say, we're almost at a good separation point of another part of the film. Yeah, because whenever those the, the daughter and the son-in-law arrive, it's for the mm-hmm. will. Yes. Um, um, we'll get into the will right after this. <laughs> So it is now on to the will, which is the time where, uh, John, you were saying about this is the first time we see Ransom played by yes. Captain America. Yes, Chris Evans. Chris Evans. <laughs> where the dogs really bark at him aggressively <laughs> and loudly, like at the night time. So you know that it's him that has done the murder. Don't, don't do that. I'm doing it. No, because... Um, in the flashback we get of the dogs barking because it's inside, we barely hear the barking, so it's actually just quiet, quiet barking, just a lot of them. Whilst with the other guys, it was, you know, two or three barks, and with the daughter and son-in-law, it was like four or five barks. It was. I just feel happy. like if it was, I think they, for me personally, I think they just needed to specify more. I think they do it clearly, though, because they have multiple barks. And when Ransom shows up, the dogs go crazy at him, like they did at night, which is the multiple barking. But when it's the son or the daughter or Marta, it's normally either one bark or no bark because it's them, they're comfortable around them. They like them. And they say, and like Daniel Craig says just before, dogs judge your character. They know. That's mm-hmm. the entire point. That line that he says when uh, Chris Evans has just arrived is telling us, here's our murderer. This is the one who's done it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the, honestly the cleverest part of the movie because it's, it, subverts, it subverts that mystery trope of drip feeding you small little bits of clues that are like hard, hard to see and you can kind of miss. It kind of just goes, this is your big clue. And now we're going to drip feed you the smaller clues that you can build it in your own mind. And I think that's brilliant. I think it's a fantastic way of writing a mystery. Uh, Jordan? I, I think we should cut the bit where John goes off on that rant about how it's ransom. <laughs> Just because we're going to get to that bit. God darn it. Um, no, we're, we're going to get there anyway. It was a good rant. It was good. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. It had va- very valid points. Thank um, you, Jason. His entrance, I though. I think it was... A basic way. I'm moving on. I'm moving on from you too. <laughs> Ransom's entrance solidifies his persona of a complete and utter. Oh, but I. 
loved it. But though. it does it so well. I oh, loved yeah. 100%. it. I was like, Captain America, you you do you. Because I didn't really like this family. This family really annoyed me. And when he was just being an absolute to them, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy this. I think I yeah. wrote a note down. Um, what did I say? I said, um, Captain America for the win. <laughs> they make okay. Chris Evans so likable in this film, even though he's a complete arsehole. And he is likable because he's like, he's like your cool uncle who rides up and tells your family what you want to say, but you're too scared to ever say it to their faces sort of yeah. thing. Yeah, and I was just going to say it's brilliant. I think it's it's such a great way of introducing a character and an actor that most people know as the goody two shows Captain America. It's yeah, such it was, a big range for him. Yeah, it was done very well. I mean, you hate to love him, but you love mm. to hate him at the mm-hmm. same time. It's the ultimate oh, yeah. like I love him, but I hate him, but I love him because he's just a smug prick. Mm-hmm. So then we go into. The no, um, what what it goes into is um, Ransom admitting that the argument that he had with Harlem the night before was the fact that he was going to be cut out of the will, which is what they were all there <laughs> right. to see. And everyone's really happy about it because he's, he's a knob. Yeah. yeah. The best bit though is when they start arguing about it, and he's like, eat, 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 eat a lot of. <laughs> but I think this is also the greatest. Um, like subversion of your things because he's being so honest how could that guy be our murderer sort of thing right. because no one in a murder mystery is normally that open on the reason why they're um, they had an argument he could have easily lied and said oh it's just one of those old family things but he outright says now nah, he's cutting me out of the well and it's brilliant i think but he great. was still holding back on the truth mm-hmm. oh yeah he wasn't telling the whole truth but he used it in a, he told the truth in a way because it showed his personality because the truth that he wasn't revealing is he knew the entire family was being cut from the will yeah. and he didn't acknowledge that because he, as he was shown, he was, he told his family to eat shit. He wanted them to get the humiliation because then it makes Marta trust him more. Yeah. I don't know why I have this note because there was a side close up of Chris Evans and I've just written Chris Evans has nice eyelashes. Oh my god, he does. <laughs> I, I don't know why I wrote that note. I was watching it and went, man, he has some nice eyelashes. That's like a comment I would write. <laughs> I know don't steal is. my stick. <laughs> okay, and so, so, some people who haven't seen the movie and just watching this, listening to this, just for a laugh, might be wondering, well, if all the family have been cut out of the will, who gets all the And here we go. He gives it all to Marta. The only person that truly deserves it and cared about him. Yes. Yeah. And oh, that was lovely. so nice. I was like, oh, oh. But because then. Just, just to reiterate this, the family are scumbags. You do not like any oh, yeah. of them. You hope all of them have done it, but Marta. They are, they're middle class people who really annoy you. They are, um, they're... Yeah, they're the upper middle class who think they're hot shit, but they're because not really. Their dad is. Yeah, the only reason they're hot shit is because they're dad to mm-hmm. somebody and they use that to their full advantage. But they're scum and. Ugh. Yeah, so this is some things to remember just before we move on is that so many of the members of the family said, 
uh, said to Marta, you know, you're just like family. You're like family. You're we'll take care of, of you. It's fine. Um, and then they said about the funeral. Mm-hmm. Marta could, um, wasn't invited to the funeral. The daughter said, uh, I was outvoted. Walt said, I was outvoted. Who, who else was voting? Right. You're the two only other, like, living members. Like, so he, he, he else voted. So, shit people. But I think, I think that it's given away in one of the flashbacks. is because they're talking and it gets political. And I think 100% it's a reference to the current presidency in America. Yeah, because they mentioned the red hats. And mm-hmm. The kids in cages. cages. And stuff like that, yeah. It's very... I didn't see that coming. And then I you didn't. have the... What is it? The, the grandson who... Um, He's an alt-right Nazi piece of s***. Yeah. Direct oh, quote. Oh, yeah. Direct oh, quote. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Instantly like demonetized. <laughs> yeah. So the next scene I said was hilarious. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. <sighs> whenever the, so what happens is whenever everyone finds out that Marta gets everything, the whole family turns. So the daughter's like, yay, doing this. You're not part of this family. You persuaded him to do this. The other people are like trying to like graft off her. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, do you know, you could just sign this over. I could take it off your hands. So it's like, oh, you can help me if you just give me a little bit of a loan. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. And she gets into your car, but her car's not working. She keeps stalling the car, I guess, because mm-hmm. she's nervous or whatever. And then Ransom pulls up and he's like, hey, do you want to come in? And, he, and then he rescues her, as Captain America should do. And as they're driving away, he goes, so what the hell happened? So she got cornered. <laughs> yeah, because he, t- he takes her to a, a, a small a cafe. Diner. A diner, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is America, get, get right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> get he gets, woke. A, he gets her food. And then he's like, so what happened? And you can't lie because you've just had beans and, <laughs> what was it, sausage or something? Mm. That is the ultimate, like, oh, you have to tell me now, otherwise it's going to be a big mess. But you can tell he's, you can, and I, I think again, it's a, it makes Ransom so look smart. You can begin to see his deception and all of this coming through in these moments that he is thinking ahead. It's not that he's saved her because he's doing this out of goodness of his heart. He's taken her somewhere where he can corner her and he's given her food so he can corner her. She's been cornered by him, and it, yeah, it's very predatory in my mind. It came across very predatory, but brilliantly done because you know he's got there's more to him now ransom has cornered her and it's been right yes. and it's also well so she basically reveals everything reveals Hasn't everything that happened that night beautifully done absolutely beautifully done ransom gives advice to marta to not renounce the will which means mm-hmm. that she will that everyone else will get whatever they want and blah 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 he's saying don't do that he tells her to lay low for a couple of days. And I think, John, you mentioned something uh, before the call about how for you this changes. So rant away, my friend. Yeah. So at this point, because we now know that she's, this is kind of, it's still in that thing where it's switched from being a mystery outright to being a subversion of a mystery and being it from the other shoe, so to speak. But here it kind of ramps that up and it ramps it up to a thriller or more psychological, definitely, because at this point, 
um, just after this scene, she gets a mysterious blackmail note, doesn't she, of um, Harlan's toxology report. Mm-hmm. Um, and it this says, is where... It says on it, I know what you did or something like that. Yeah, but it is only par- a partial of the tox report. And this is where Ransom really gets his claws into her, so to speak. And he starts suggesting, oh, let's go to the medical office. Let's go destroy this. And it's her trying to save herself, do the lie. And because we like her, we obviously want her to get away with it. And I think it's brilliant. I just think it's such a great thing that this film subverts your expectations from all the marketing, from everything it's set up, that it's not an outright mystery film for most part. Mm -hmm. The mystery, and then I, I get into this later, but then at the end, it's a virtual expectation because we all know Ryan Johnson and we think, oh, he's not going to deliver on the promises because of The Last Jedi, but he <laughs> delivers on his promise of it being a satisfying mystery by then flipping us back to the mystery. And I think he is a director who looked at his last work when people didn't like that. Why didn't they like that? Oh, it's because of this. Let's try again and actually work on what I did wrong. And he does. And I think he nails it in this film. So after the Ransom note, she goes... After, after the blackmail note, she goes to Ransom. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they go to the um, building that had the tox report. In yes. The medical... Why. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why they were going there. Were they just going to go in and ask for it? I don't know. But anyway, the building had been burnt down. Maybe because, as we find out later, Ransom had burnt it down. So maybe he just asked it to bring her there. But then we have the car chase. (laughs) And I've got got to be honest. It's a pile of bull****. It was the most pointless car chase I've ever seen. It was so stupid. I'm not so, going to defend a car, Chase. I don't. It was so stupid. Yeah. She tried it was that. What I did like was it was realistic. Mm-hmm. She had a car and the police cars are obviously <laughs> better because they're being made to do better. So I like that. But whenever, so they're on like this kind of freeway type thing and the police cars were catching up to her and then all she did was break. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like, that's clever. But then we get into the town centre and then they're still, then they're going like the same speed and they're not catching up after that. Mm-hmm. And then she thinks that she got away. Um, but she didn't. But then also, I don't know why she kept running away whenever he, when they find out. So on the freeway, they pulled up right beside her. So Ben one block and the police knew who was driving. So I don't mm-hmm. know why she was still driving the car away, trying to escape them when they know who the hell she is. So it didn't make, make any sense. What didn't make sense, like you said, they go into the town. They're going the same speed. She goes through these alleyways like she knows what's on the other side of it. Like, mm-hmm. how does she not know that the minute she turns, like, there's a dip, like, one that she won't be able to see, like, round the corner of. She goes round it and just so happens to go through it. How does she not know there's a brick wall there? I'm not well, going to defend the car. She, she, lives, she, lives, she lives in the area, doesn't she? So maybe. Yeah. There's, maybe. Eno- there's enough that I can like suspend my disbelief with the car chase, but I think it's one of the weaker parts of the movie just mm-hmm. because um, I don't think this film lends itself too well to action moments. I think it worked better more of character study and mystery and yeah. obviously subversion of mystery. And then, so after the car chase, this. It, begins the biggest um, 
uh, the word has escaped me. Grievance I have with the plot of this meeting. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, the start. So after they get caught by the police, the police assume that Ransom told Marta to drive away, mm-hmm. and they arrest Ransom and they take him to jail. They they take him to the police station to get questioned, and as Marta is following alongside with Benoit Black in the car, she asks if she can divert because it is now time for the to meet the person. Uh, meet the person who sent the blackmail letter to you at a certain place at 10 a.m. So obviously the day have left. So they've gone off and she went to, she went in the place by Moonblock, um, stayed in the car. She went into one building, went out the back and into the back of another place, which doesn't make any sense because locks on doors or a thing. But anyway, we spend suspend disbelief for that. Yep. And then we go in and then it's Fran. Um, Fran's in there and she is passed out on a chair and then as she wakes she wakes up as she arrives and then she's starting to pass out because she've got injected with morphine this this was my biggest gripe with this part of the film as well because it means it's at 10 30 so 10 a.m i thought it was 10 30 sorry okay 10 a.m So some whoever it was had time to go there, set all that up, then leave before the meeting. And I mean, when they get to the medical center, it's only 9.30. Mm-hmm. Why would Fran be there so early, waiting? Well, this, should, I, should I get into my grievance now? Because it kind of ruins the end of the movie. Yeah, or go should we get it. back to it? Okay, so... At the end of the movie, we find out that Ransom is behind everything, okay? And what we find out is that... So, actually, backtrack. Whenever we... Whenever Marta gets into the room, she tries to save Fran, okay? And Fran gets taken to the hospital and is put under observation. And blah, 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 blah. We find out, and Benoit has, like, you know, the revelation moment that, you know, private inspectors have in mystery movies they're like oh you did this and do this and it's all a speculation and then Marta does something really cool where she gets a phone call from the hospital and they say that Fran has survived and uh, then Ransom kind of basically spills off a confession about everything he's did and then Marta throws up because she just lied Fran's actually died my biggest problem with that is Ransom could not have killed Fran because he was with Marta at the medical center at half nine and was with Marta that whole time and up until he got taken by the police. So unless the police are in on it, um, so he couldn't have possibly given her the morphine because it takes 10 minutes for that to take effect. It takes five minutes for the effects just to show and it takes 10 minutes to kill. And additional to that, the phone call, so she phoned the ambulance, so about five, so about after five minutes of her taking the morphine, ambulance um, came in, took her and was able to save her and bring her to the hospital until, on the observation until she died. That does not suit the time frame of what we were told earlier in the movie. Maybe I could maybe believe it because she was chloroformed, maybe her body was 
taking in the effects a bit slower. So that's how it could work. But that's probably going to be like an hour or something like that. Okay, so what your um, misunderstanding is what she said, I, in my mind, is what Marta says to Harlan at the start, is that it, he needs to administer the antidote within 10 minutes or it's too late. Not that it, he will be dead in 10 minutes. Okay. So, and, um, so the big thing is that originally Ransom was meant to meet Fran at 8 a.m. But uh, Ransom changed the time to 10 a.m. and repurposed this threat for Marta because he was the one who was originally being blackmailed by Fran. And um, so this gives Ransom the time to go and give her the overdose and set it up for this scene. But um, it may be a plot hole. I'm not completely defending it. But it, when I watched this, I thought it meant that she, she had 10 minutes to administer the antidote before there was nothing that could be done. Because I've, when Harlan slits his throat, it had definitely been more than 10 minutes. It had got to have been. Yeah, because I think whenever he slit his throat, that was the second time that she appeared. Yeah. But yes. also, but he wasn't showing any effects whenever he, whenever she yeah. showed up. Yeah. So there is something wrong somewhere where we're not given all the information, which it would be totally solved if the information was correct. Mm -hmm. um, I liked it all. It all tied it up nicely. It all made sense except for that one point. And that's why I was like, I can't. Because part of me was like, is this like a mystery into a mystery into a mystery? Because at the start, I thought that this was all kind of set up by Harlan to be a suicide because he flipped the board on purpose. That's what I thought it was. And he had, and as Jordan said, he had this all very well thought out. So it's kind of like he planned it. So I don't know, maybe that's what he was talking about with Ransom. Okay, so, I, so I'm currently on Reddit and Morphine... Uh, from some Reddit comments, I don't know how real this is, but morphine doesn't work how it sh was shown in the movie anyway. You would, um, so it says here that the effects of that much morphine would be immediate and Harlem would have been unconscious in mere moments. So I think we have to take this moment with a dash of salt or a pinch of salt, as they say, and just say that I think I'm not going to defend that. I think that's maybe is a plot hole, it's an inaccuracy, maybe not a plot hole, but in the sense of the movie, I think it worked because it was consistent with the movie's logic, not our real world one. I will say, because if, if we leave this where it is, because obviously, yeah, we, I'm, I will admit I probably have missed something. I probably wasn't paying full attention when I needed to at certain moments. Work does that. So, if we go back to after she's with Blanc, she says, I will tell you everything on the way to the hospital, uh, from the hospital, from where they m stayed for Fran, to the house. And she said, I'm going to tell you everything on the way. And then they get to the house. She's oh, about... No, no, you missed a bit. Oh, did I miss a bit? They were in the waiting room. And she says, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you everything. But he just got a phone call from the police station and he just told said that ransom told the lieutenant everything i'm talking about her telling benoit everything because he yes, doesn't know everything no 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 but but so how the conversation goes marta says to benoit i'm going to tell you everything and benoit goes 
um, there's no need. Ransom told the lieutenant everything. So now that, that means Benoit now knows. And she's like, so about this? And she goes, he goes, yep. So about this? He goes, yep. And she goes, oh, about yeah. this? And she goes, yep. That confused me because she took that very, very calmly. Mm-hmm. I would have been a bit pissed. But she was like, was like, okay, that's fine. At least I don't have to keep secrets anymore. And that was, all of this secret all ended in that one scene. That really I thought she talked him through it in the car. Because nope. the conversation ends at, well, just as they arrive, they're talking about how Ransom basically got her to spill the beans. Jokes. But then we find out that Fran, a reference to earlier with Fran's stash, where she keeps her drugs, yes, is also where she kept a spare copy of the toxicology report. Mm-hmm. And she hands it immediately to Blanc. Yes. And then goes to the family just, just about as, as she's about to admit it that she killed Harlan to the whole family. He launches in with possibly my favourite part of the film. Mm-hmm. And that is the speech Daniel Craig Daniel Craig gives to the family. And it is all so good. Yeah, he basically Beautiful. calls them out on all the mm-hmm. <laughs> It's brilliant. Yeah. And then he takes everyone into the side room where they have that beautiful set piece of the um, of the knives and stuff, oh, which yeah. I thought was going to be like a bigger part mm-hmm. of like the whole thing because it was used in all the posters and stuff. And it looked really dope, but there's only one time I think that they actually use it for cinematography. Oh, okay. Cinematography, but they do reference it a they, few they, times. They, yeah. yeah, they use it in the background, but when I mean that center, because it's a it's a perfect it's a circle. There's only one time I think that they actually have someone sit in the middle of it, and the camera shot is like yeah. perfect. There's only one time, and I was like, oh, but... yeah, no, I get that. I thought they were no, going to do that fair. for all the interviews, but no, mm-hmm. they just kind of did this TV, you know, like TV interview angle mm-hmm. for the interview. Anyway, um, but anyway, yes, they do mention knives and stuff like that. There's a lot of things that that's mentioned previously. That makes it and it's the reason why clear. we have all those knives is because the um, author, the dead author, Harlan, collected them, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or prop, yeah. but prop ones. Prop knives, yeah. So he yeah. mentioned he mentioned something about Ransom earlier in the movie where Ransom, he, he's a great kid, but he can't tell the difference between a prop knife and a real knife. Yeah, and I think yeah. that is a very good setup. That was, yeah. like, that was just a passing comment that you actually didn't think. Right, because I didn't think about it. I'll be honest, I 100% missed it. I was like, yeah, that's, to be fair, decent, you know, because obviously all of us have backgrounds on in stage and acting and stuff like that. For really high-quality prop knives, you really wouldn't be able to tell the difference at a glance. No, no. With how well they're made. No. So I think that's understandable, but obviously he, he would know because he collects them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- this, this is Blanc's big setup. Yeah, so this is the the beautiful um, monologue that he has. The John this is the, um, the this is where the mystery comes back, and we get that very beautiful trope of everyone's gathered together, and he explains all his deductions. But it's just um, ransom the two police detectives, yeah. and mm-hmm. Marta, mm-hmm. and he slowly goes through his reasoning of how. Um, Marta didn't do it. 
Hamad wasn't the killer because he places two bottles of medicine out, both of the names taped over. And they have this beautiful shot where Marta picks the one up, but then immediately puts it down and picks up the other one, revealing it to be the morphine. And it's revealed that Marta gave him the correct dosage to Harlan, even though the labels had been swapped. Because Because she's a damn good nurse and knew the difference in water tension and the velocity of the liquids inside. Sorry, not water tension. It was the tincture. Tincture was the word. Yeah. It was just, there was like a slight tincture to one of them Mm -hmm. and she just knew that. This was honestly the most heartwarming moment for me Mm. because he has been like, obviously he didn't have to say anything like that, but he has been so nice to her the entire film. You have a good heart. They can... Dogs can tell a good character. You're a mm-hmm. damn good nurse. But also, oh. also, it was really heartbreaking at the same time because right. he didn't need to kill himself at the end of no. the day. So he ended up yeah. dying for kind of nothing-ish. Yeah. And I think that's what makes Kinda. it... And I, I do actually kind of like that because it obviously it now makes um, Ransom even worse. Right. I think this is the point I really hated him at because it was, it was a, just a pointless death. It was mm. so like methodical and plotted. Mm-hmm. One thing I do need to ask about, maybe I missed it. The only thing I can think of that makes me think he actually knows about all these drugs is the fact that he used to help Harlan write his novels. Because how did he know about you know his two types of drugs? How did he know that... Mo- giving him more thing is a lethal dose. How did he know that there was an antidote in her bag of full of all of these drugs? How did he know all this? Is there, are we, does it get him? Yeah, earlier in the film, him, it is mentioned that he and his granddad are, were really, really close when he was younger. Okay. And Martha, Martha's been doing that job for a while now, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But what I, was she not giving him the drugs or was she just giving him the morphine because he hurt his shoulder a few weeks back the morphine was the shoulder so he would have known that his granddad hurt his shoulder though even if you're not close to him you would still find out from a family member that he okay. had and because he had been mystery. there the day before yeah that's cool i understand now he knows about the drugs mm-hmm. but how does he know how does he have the medical knowledge to know that each drug will do this to him well he just worked off the because um there's the antidote junk in there for an overdose of morphine mm-hmm. and he takes that on my, purpose my only, my, my only thing is like how did how would he know the name unless he uh, it's not unless 100% explained it, unless that's the thing unless he did research in his own time but i i just feel like with this movie you know just a passing line to say then again though because in mysteries you're you're hanging on every word mm-hmm. to find out something so i think it's just important that you need to kind of mention this and not just do you know what I mean? If you think about it, Ransom, throughout all of this, he had it all methodically planned out, so it would make sense that he Googled it, or he found out how, like, I mean, anyone would know that if you give a, a load of drugs to someone, they're probably going to die because of it. You've got, to, especially morphine, because people get addicted to it, because it's an opiate. Okay. So you'd presume that would kill someone. <laughs> If you give them enough of it. Yeah, I don't... I don't. I feel like and stuff like that has to, the dose on the side. I feel like because they had to explain it and Harlan mm-hmm. himself didn't know that this would have killed him like that. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, 
in the context of the movie, like you're right, you can assume that, you can assume that, but I feel like there's some plot points in this movie where it's like you have to assume in order for it to work. And I'm like, surely if it's that important, we need to be told. Maybe, yeah, but then again, though, maybe he deleted scenes. If there's deleted right. scenes, I might want to see that. Maybe that looks a bit more things. The way the reason why Harding was so chilled is because he thought Mar- Marta had the antidote for it. She was like, "Oh no, there's immediately." She's like, "Don't worry, there's an antidote. I have it in the bag." And he was just asking questions because he was re- he was like, "Oh, she'll have an antidote, so I can use this for a new novel," because mm-hmm. he didn't know anything about it. Yeah, because that's Marta's job. She's the nurse. Yeah, it's the, also the fact that he was. Harlan's research assistant so he would have known all this because that's how he knew about the Slayer rule before the rest of the family it's how he knew beforehand because he was the research assistant mm-hmm. so he would have known about the medication he would have known how to do it I he would have known it. about the fact that um, the morphine would have had an antidote that makes sense I just think because because he was the research assistant for one summer and the fact that Harlan didn't know about it then like if he was the research assistant and did, was it a kind of like he researched it and didn't tell Harlan about it? I mean, that's the thing. Because you join the story at the end, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like, you don't know anything about the characters really before. It is very much no context beforehand other than he's a famous mystery murder writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they all, like, his family. That's all we really know by our little tidbits. So I think going into it with, like, I don't think we need to know everything. Some instances, yes. But like for, for this, especially this scene, the way it starts wrapping it all up is really satisfying and cathartic. It is, but I think, I don't know, maybe because I'm just like, in mysteries, we all try to solve it ourselves. Don't mm-hmm. we? Um, and you can, you can with this one. Yeah. Yeah, but then whenever we, we get to it, I started finding flaws in it. Do you know what I mean? Like how, how did Hart Ransom know about the drugs and then about the killing Fran thing? Because that's what he gets committed of, isn't it? He gets mm-hmm. arrested for killing Fran. Mm-hmm. That he doesn't get arrested for, you know, killing, you know, what's his face? He probably so gets he, murder, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, so the reason why he gets arrested for killing Fran is because he has a, he confesses. He outright confesses that he mm-hmm. did it. And they record it. So that's why. And then because he then tries to kill um spoiler. <laughs> no more spoilers. He tries to kill Marta with one of the prop knives. Haha, <laughs> because he thinks it's a real knife. Because he's a fool. Um anyway. He's got all those counts against him. And I don't think it's that much of a leap to think, oh, Harlan's been on pain medication for a long while because it's part of his nighttime routine almost, his nighttime medical routine. Okay then I will suspend disbelief for the, <laughs> the medical thing. I will, because part of me feels like, am I nitpicking? The, the thing is, with the morphine and the other one doses, they are so much different. And I think either way, one of them would have done something to him because it's said that the morphine dosage, because he takes the other one, it's so much higher than he should have had. And that's why I think, yeah, you can overlook that. And it, and I still think it's viable. And I think he would have known about his medical things because the family would have kept him up to date with that sort of thing. Even though he was in that rebellious stage of his life, he was still in contact with the family, even if not on a mutual and a nice level. So we're 
now at the end of the movie, the movie ends and there's really nice credits where everything's mm-hmm. kind of like everyone's got a portrait, oil painting portrait. It's quite nice. It's really nice. It's a good, yeah. it's a good credit sequence. It's quite nice. So I have some notes that I have not gotten through. <gasps> Ooh, fair. Is it time? <clears throat> it is time. And it's time for Jason's Rapid Fire Review. Baseball question mark? There was a baseball and he really liked the baseball and he kept throwing the baseball and then the dog had the baseball the whole film and it just kind of seemed like, oh, the baseball. Well, that changed things 40 minutes in, talking about the whole reveal of what actually happened that night. Hashtag Trump. (laughs) I think we talked about that scene. Uh, the funeral outvoted. I mentioned that hashtag white people fight. And um, whenever Walt and the father-in-law, I don't know why I wrote that down, hashtag white people fight, it entertained me. The lighting is poor at some points. It is just poor. There's just bad lighting. I'm sorry. They're just not lit enough. Sorry. Captain America for the win. The game is a foot twice. Benoit says um, it is a foot. And then he says the game is a foot. Sorry, John. The Walt scene was hilarious. Something we didn't mention was the Walt and Marta scene at her apartment. I thought that was really cool. There was white noise whenever they came out and made it really creepy. The only issue is they stopped the white noise whenever the music came in and it didn't come back. And I thought they should have kept the white noise going because it was so good. It was so good. The whole driving thing was stupid. And then I have, what the f*** is going on? (laughs) The second act was all tense. This is whenever we find out that Marta murdered Harlan not really but then at the end just so easily at the hospital I said that well it makes sense except for the fact it takes 10 minutes for the morphine to kill someone so he couldn't have killed Fran we talked about that Fran's death makes no sense and I still don't like Ryan Johnson boom well I feel like the baseball possibly was meant to have some tie to it but then I think they were like nah let's we've got other things um, I just think it was to show that the dogs got on with people more than anything. I do. I, well, I genuinely because that's yeah. it's shown when Benoit plays with him because they play with him and they they just attack Chris Evans. Really, didn't get that at all. I no, just, I didn't. I feel like in this movie, there is just some things that they try to set up, and there's no payoff. The greatest thing about this movie is also the worst thing about this movie, is there's so many things to call back to and there's so many intricate details that make this movie so great but because there's so many you lose track of them and that's where the mistakes pop in and i think that's the biggest problem with the movie other than that it is absolutely amazing but because you lose track of them because there's so many because we're only human it's that's where all the cracks start to show in the movie before we move on to our summary does anybody have any other notes that we have not talked about now i just want to say that I actually think this proves that Ryan Johnson can make a good film. And I think um, it shows that he learned from his mistakes of The Last Jedi and actually improved on them. Because one of the biggest problems with The Last Jedi, if before we review that monstrosity at some point in our lives, is that it has so many things that it needs to pay off. And there's so many secrets that it needs to tell. But none of them have satisfying Uh, moments for it because for example Ray's parents they're nobodies in that film and all these little moments but in this one we have nice callbacks we have nice payoff for everything and we have a nice verisimilitude for the entire film 
I will agree, but I feel that he, he only does satisfying payoffs and only shows payoff for about 60% of the things he set up previously in the movie. That's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the summary. Okay. Summary. This movie is very good. That's a good summary. No, that, that's pretty... <laughs> Try not to think about it too much because you will find some flaws and if you find some flaws, you might just have to swallow it and accept them and just appreciate the good moments this movie has. Jason, I have a question for you, actually. Have yeah. we changed your mind on it? I think you persuaded me to look at it more positively. I thought I was going into this movie giving Ryan Johnson a second chance. But maybe talking about it, I realised I actually didn't, as I was kind of searching out the bad things. And I think you guys persuaded me to look at it more positively. However, there are still plot holes that haven't been answered. And I can't let them go by. However, I do think that this movie is amazing and is so clever. Just unfortunately, I think it just gets ahead of Ryan Johnson. I think it just gets ahead. Is there another writer on this movie? I think there might be. No, I'm pretty sure it's just him. He wrote and directed it. As far as I know, because in the credits, it just says directed and written by, produced by. Yeah, Ryan Johnson did the direction and writing, and it was produced by Ryan Johnson and Ram Bergman. Right, okay. Um, Cinematography was by Steve Yedlin, and it was edited by Bob Duxay. Anything else? Anybody else want to add a little bit of summary? I just think this is a very good film, and I think if you do want to write a mystery film, if you want to write know how to write a good story this is a fantastic case study for that because it's exactly. a well-written story it's mm-hmm. it's well plotted it's well thought out and i think genuinely overall that the writing is its strongest part this movie tells you exactly what is the good things to do and what are the bad things to do shall we do scores on the boards let's, let's score it on the board jordan score out of 100 89 John? Uh, I'm going with an 82, actually. Ooh, did not expect that. And Jason? I'm going to give it a... 70? 65. 68. What are you Uh, giving it? Do you know what? I'm going to give it a 70. Okay, because that is an overall scoring of 80.3. It's our first reoccurring number score. <laughs> you know Actually, what? 80.3 recurring, yeah. Yeah. So I say an 80.3 is quite fair, actually. Yeah, I would agree. Because although I have pretty much been on the bandwagon of defending this film and saying it's absolutely marvellous, I do agree that there are problems in it. There are flaws. There's flaws in everything. But I still think this is one of the best films that came out in, was it 2019? 2019? 2019. I think it was my favourite film of 2019, actually, thinking on it. Oh, no, The Lighthouse came out in 2019, so <laughs> it was close. <laughs> Endgame came out in 2019. That was my favourite film of 2019. Which one? Endgame. Oh, oh yeah, it did. Oh, no. Marvel reviews. I should hide. 
Oh, John yeah, you, doesn't you like always, Marvel. You always destroy those in your reviews. <laughs> anyway, as the time of recording this, um, we are now on the socials. We now have our podcast in many, many places. So, Jordan, where can they listen to the podcast? Well, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And if you're so inclined, leave us a rate and a review. And if you want to come to our home base, you'll find us on Anchor. Brilliant. And John, where can they find us on socials? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For Instagram and Twitter, you can find us at Free Halves Pod. And for Facebook, it's Free Halves Make a Whole Podcast. Cool. And if guys, if you want us to answer any questions or if you want to continue the debate, add us on Twitter, comment on our Facebook posts and comment on our Instagram images, things. I don't know what they're called. Are they called Instagram posts? Probably yes, Instagram yes, posts. they're called Instagram posts. So I'm, 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 I'm not down with the lingo. I'm not down with the kids nowadays, you know, things. That's wickedy, anyway. wickedy whack. On that horrible, horrible bombshell, hashtag top. How'd you do, my fellow children? (laughs) On that creepy note, we (laughs) will end the podcast here. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you again next week.